Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of our favorite products, Almond Cow. We've been using it for well over a year, and I say we, mostly my husband, Mark, who is mooing. Honey, what are your thoughts about Almond Cow? <laughs> this is the moo man. He's back. <laughs> I love the almond cow because we know how great it is. Anything that you can make a plant-based milk with, you're set. I don't need to make that much. It's just sitting in the pantry. And then when we're ready, I just make it. It takes a minute. It tastes so good. It tastes so good. And for those of you who are thinking about it, let me tell you why. There are no added preservatives, any kind of artificial stuff. You put in it what you want. You can sweeten it to your taste. It is so easy to make, so easy to clean up, and it's pure gold. It really is. And they give you a lot of recipes on the Almond Cow website. You have the recipe, so you don't have to think, you don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's there for you. Yes, we love it so much. So if you're interested in getting your own, go check out the link or just go to their site, almondcow.co, and you can use code LARA, L-A-R-A, for extra savings. Go get yourself one and have fun. I'm Laura Hyman, and welcome to Redefining Movement, a lit podcast designed to investigate all aspects of movement from my background in physical therapy and neuroscience. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter movement patterns and compassion for ourselves and others, so together we can live our most uplifted lives, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Monthly Motivation where this month's topic is about balanced living and unlocking your full potential. In today's episode, I'm focusing on Lit's monthly theme of balance. And you will see this theme in our social media, our monthly challenge on our Lit Daily online platform, and in my monthly workshop. When you hear the word balance, I think we often visualize balance like a weighted scale. You put a little more on one side, take a little more off to get the scales level. But achieving balance in our lives will most likely be more nuanced than adding a little something here, removing something else from the opposite side. I think we all know that. I personally think of balanced living as a potpourri of ingredients that require conscious and probably continually tweaking to achieve more harmony in our lives. That consciousness is necessary 
to be able to even know when we're out of balance. And this is an ongoing dynamic endeavor. And my goal today is just to share practical tips to help achieve balance in your physical, emotional, mental, and professional lives. And I try these as well. I'm not by any means an expert, but I feel like my own lit practice allows me the space and the consciousness to recognize more quickly when I'm out of balance and then adjust more quickly to find that spectrum of balance. So what does balanced living mean? Psychologists define life balance as a state of equally moderate to high levels of satisfaction in important life domains contributing to overall life satisfaction. So in other words, this balanced lifestyle requires a holistic approach to our well-being. And to achieve this lifestyle balance, we need to focus on the key components that make up a rich and satisfying life. I just watched Sly on Netflix. I really recommend it. It's about Sylvester Stallone, and it's a documentary. And what I appreciated so much was his honesty. When reflecting on his life, he's now in his mid-70s, and he speaks of how he would have done things differently. He was working insane hours, producing, acting, directing, writing movies like Rocky, and working these insane hours while having children. And so he looks back and says, what was I doing? It was all about the glory of the movie. The children are only there for so long. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. We have these different aspects of our lives and we give energy to them. And sometimes that energy is too much in one area and too little in the other. We can often see when we're not in balance in hindsight, but how do we best bring more awareness of balance into everyday life? There are so many things to balance our health physical, emotional, mental, our families, friends, jobs, hobbies, service, also balance in our eating, our entertaining or being entertained. Sometimes you can just lose three hours binge watching a show or being on social media. So in these modern times, it can be really easy to fall into the pit or the trap of neglecting one of the more important areas of your life. And one way of thinking about balanced lifestyle was presented as a coaching tool by Paul Meyer, who is one of the founders of the practice known today as life coaching. You might have heard of life coaches. This wheel of life is the tool. You can look on a positive psychology website, and it might be way more robust in what ingredients it includes for life balance than you were imagining. But it's probably important to examine and reflect which ones are important to you and are they in balance? So the wheel provides this visual. And so you could visualize a wheel right now or even a pie. And if like you were cutting the pie in slices, how satisfied are you with each segment or each area? And the areas that he writes about are money and finances, career and work, health and fitness. So that's three. Four would be fun and recreation. Five would be environment, both in home and workplace. Six is community. Seven is family and friends. Eight is romantic relationships. Nine is personal growth and learning. And 10 is spirituality. So that's a lot to examine. And all these areas are interrelated, meaning if you are neglecting one, that can have a negative impact on the other aspects as well. So like I was giving the example with Sly, he was prioritizing his career over his family And when we do things like that and we're out of balance, it's more likely that we will experience 
higher levels of stress, and this stress can impact our physical and our mental health. A meta-analysis of the impact of working long hours on employee health found that employees working long hours were more vulnerable to multiple health conditions, including stress, fatigue, sleep, and also physical workplace injuries that might be in the form of poor posture or repetitive actions. So let's look at how we can find more balance. And I think we can also examine when you aren't in balance, what are you running the risk of? Like I was saying in the workplace, you run the risk of those multiple health conditions. But what are other risks that you can run just by not being in balance overall? Stress, as I mentioned in the workplace, is a huge one. So being stressed is not just a mental problem. It's a physical load impacting your body as well. Many studies have shown the link between stress, heart disease, inflammation. It's hard physiologically, physically, mentally, emotionally. When you're out of balance, you're more likely to have problems with your mental health. And your mental health is really important for being able to cope and manage daily life's ups and downs. So if your mental health is not as resilient or strong, you might find yourself more moody, more reactive and emotional, and you can also be anxious and depressed more of the time than not. You also might feel feelings of negativity about your current situation and even in the future, and ultimately all of this makes you less resilient. In addition to poor mental health, we might have poor or less optimal physical health, and this could lead to not eating well, not exercising enough, and the stress again, all of these combined are linked to many diseases of lifestyle. Finally, you might develop not great habits, and this could be that you're working too much when you're not getting enough sleep. You might be eating more junk food. You might be drinking more. You might be decompressing by binge-watching TV. All of these things contribute to your overall health as well. And the fatigue that comes with suboptimal habits and not great physical or mental health is real, and then it affects your sleep. You're not really fully awake when you're awake, but then you might have problems falling asleep. All of these things are the result of being out of balance. So the tips for bringing more balance into your life, I want to cover just four aspects because I think that pie chart of 10 is a lot. There's a lot of crossover that actually ends up filling out that whole 10. And that is physical, emotional balance, mental balance, and then professional. And I'm trying to bring in two tips that are really practical for each of the categories so that it ultimately can feel less overwhelming to make changes for more balance. So let's start with physical health, which to me is so important. Physical health affects everything. It affects your relationships. It affects your mental health. It affects your professional life, et cetera. So what are the tips to improve your physical health? You need to make exercise, movement, whatever way you want to label it, a daily habit. It is so impactful. I've talked about this before, but exercise is the keystone habit. That means it's so powerful, so potent, that it impacts every other habit. So make exercise a daily habit. By providing structure and organization, you can really get this going, and it can be whatever fulfills you. It could be a 30-minute walk. It could be strength training. It could be a lit practice where we do cardio and flexibility and strength and all of it. You just need to be active. And it's so much easier to stay active when you make time for it and to keep it going in a regular way. So a daily routine needs to include activity. 
And you might need to budget your time or block out your time. I have lots of people in my teacher training and who are on my online platform who say they just block it out as if it's like a meeting and they don't have to make an excuse, but I'm not available at this time because that is a priority and it needs to be a priority because the physical exercise is going to impact all those things you might be feeling in your life if you're not balanced, like stress. Physical exercises reduces stress hormones. Then it also signals you quicker when you are stressed so that you can do something about it. It relieves stress by moving. And stress is always going to put you in the high-risk category for diseases like heart disease. And this is just so important to have this primary ingredient of exercise. Another physical health tip is prioritize sleep. And sometimes that's easier said than done, but really aim for seven to nine hours of quality sleep each night. All the research supports this. Five hours is not enough. If you're sleeping 12 and 13 hours, you're more in the lethargic category, maybe depressed. You need seven to nine hours of quality sleep. This is when you heal. This is when your immune system is able to really kick in and you're just better equipped to handle life's challenges. So get regular high quality rest. I've spoken about good sleep hygiene. You can look all that up. You want it to be dark. You want the air to be cool. If it's really dry in your house, you can put a humidifier in so you don't wake up with that kind of dryness in your throat. And try and stick to a consistent bedtime and get up around the same time every day. That's recommended. I don't always do it, but I try. Also, we know removing electronics from the bedroom or at least limiting how much you're doing right before you go to bed is super important. And then finally, a lot of the research shows that you need to avoid caffeine, alcohol, and large meals two to three hours before bedtime. And I wonder how many of us are actually doing that. So try that to help prioritize sleep. Now, Northwestern Medicine, which is where my daughter goes to school, Northwestern, they actually promote this daily routine that includes exercise, rest, and relaxation because the routine is so important for creating this work-life balance and helping your sleep and your overall well-being. And I'll get more into a routine in a minute. But let's go into emotional balance. So here's tip number one for that. Practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is simply paying attention to what is happening now tuning into your breath, tuning into sensations in your body. You can be walking and have a mindfulness walk where you feel the foot when it hits the ground, moving yourself through space. You feel the alignment of your spine. You can do it in sitting with meditation and focusing on your breath and focusing on just trying to be aware of your thoughts. You're not trying to still your thoughts because that's not going to happen. It's just about bringing more awareness and mindfulness into the present moment. And so that could be done in a very strategic, routine, intentional way, whether it's wake up and do five minutes of just sitting and observing your thoughts, clearing your mind as much as you can, focusing on your breath. It could also be done through a walk. I think of lit as very much movement meditation because we're paying attention to our alignment. And through that, we pay attention to the feelings, the sensations that are coming along with that. Another tip for improving emotional balance is keeping some kind of journal. And in this journal, you can do two things. You can either just brain dump things to clear your head more. You can keep a gratitude journal. Much research has been done on this, that expressing gratitude is incredibly important for emotional well-being. Think of three things you're grateful for every day. Some people do them in the beginning of the day. Some people do them at the end of the day. And then it really trains your brain to look for the good, to look for the things that 
are going well for you as opposed to only focusing on the things that you're disappointed by or that you're bummed out about. And so you're training your brain, and this is so good for that emotional well-being. Now, shifting to more balance in your mental health. And again, all of these are intertwined. So even though I'm speaking of them separately, we know that we are a holistic body with a brain, with a mind, with thoughts, but it's all interacting. So tip number one for mental health is to challenge the negative thoughts. When you catch yourself thinking negatively, and this could be some kind of loop that has been played in your thoughts for years, can you catch it and then just reframe those thoughts into something more constructive? Again, this is about rewiring the brain. So if you've created some kind of negative thought pattern, there is probably a reason you did that, but it's not helping now. It's maybe, in fact, making things look really grim. So if you can reframe and think of something more constructive, take it out of you, not taking things so personally, and looking more introspectively, but also outward, to find any kind of constructive way that you can reframe any of those negative loops. Another tip would be learning something new. Why is this so important? Because when you learn something new, you are keeping your brain sharp and engaged. This is really important for mental health. And when you are creating like a new hobby, there's a freshness to it. And research shows that people that have hobbies are less likely to suffer from stress and depression. This might be something you also need to schedule. So there's plenty of people that have started hobbies, whether it's playing a musical instrument or playing pickleball or knitting. It can be physical. It doesn't have to be physical. It just needs to feel like you are learning something new and really just enjoying the process of learning. Finally, in the professional aspect of balance, and this is probably one area that people might have challenges with, especially if they have to work hard and they have to work long hours because this is what they need for the advancement of their career, or they need the paycheck to be able to have a home for their family and feed their families. We can put a lot of weight into the professional aspect, but in the same vein, we need to still create balance there. So tip number one is setting boundaries. And my husband helps me with this. I need a lot of help with it and I've gotten a lot better, but it's being able to define clear work hours and then protect the hours that you're not working. And if you have a job like mine where you're really passionate about it and it's like lifestyle and work and they're very intertwined, it doesn't always feel like I'm working. But it's important to set boundaries for me and for my family too. Define those hours that you're working and then protect your personal time. If you don't set those boundaries, then you might find that you have little time for the activities like working out, like exercising, spending time with your family. So you need to be able to avoid overscheduling, have these boundaries, and then ask for help. If you have somebody who you work with and they're asking a lot of you, you can explain you need to have more clear boundaries between work and family or between work and your own personal, mental, physical well-being time. And then the other tip for professional aspect of balance is learn to delegate and learn to prioritize. So when you delegate, it's amazing. This was one of the first things I got, but it took me a long time to recognize how valuable it is. And that is that I always knew it was so helpful to have people doing tasks that I wasn't as good at, but 
not until later did I really recognize how powerful it was because it gave me time, energy, the best resources you have to really focus on what I was good at and what I could do well. And so delegating and then prioritizing what needs to be done by somebody else, what can I do, and what do I need to do first? So this comes back to that idea of organizing. I think organization should be an umbrella over balance. And I talk about organization so much in Lit because organizing your body is priming it to have more balance, to have more energy, to have more sustainability. It's so important. The biomechanical organization, and that's what we do in our Lit Reset. We're really organizing the body and the brain mapping and the joints so that we can perform at a more optimal level where we're reducing the stress and strain and optimizing the energy. Think of organization in your body and in your life. So this overarching umbrella, how do you develop the organization in the form of a routine that can give you this theme of more balanced living? A routine is so important. And some people might argue with me, they like to really go with the flow, but many out there know how much a schedule matters to you. It gives you these parameters. It gives you the priority with the schedule. You can block out time for yourself and then you develop a routine. All of the work that you're doing will be reinforced because you have a routine. If you do something and then stop it, you aren't developing habits that are going to ultimately help your balance. And studies, again, have shown routines help you. They help you manage stress more effectively. They help your mental health. You have more time to either exercise, relax, eat better, sleep better, all of the things because your routine is getting you organized. It's really important because when you are organized, you also have less clutter in your mind. What's going to happen versus waiting to happen. For instance, I know the days that I have nothing planned. I am the least efficient. The day just goes by. I don't really necessarily get anything done. And that's fine to do. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But that is a day that you want every once in a while. You don't want that to be your daily life where you're either not sure what to do next, what to prioritize, lose a lot of time, waste a lot of time, and then end up feeling stressed about the things that weren't done. That can be a vicious circle. So being organized is the probably the most important step to improving your overall balance. It really will help your body, your brain, your mind, and your professional life. And I always talk about if you walk in a room and there's clutter, it doesn't feel good on your nervous system. So you need to declutter your brain, your body, so that you feel more balanced. So I hope that these suggestions were useful. I know that building a balanced lifestyle can be tricky, but even the busiest among us can bring more balance into our lives with these simple steps. And a more balanced lifestyle can improve your overall quality of life, your mood. It can boost your brain health and really optimize your physical and mental being for today and for the long run. Balanced living to me means achieving this optimal health in these aspects of my life, relationships, work, fitness, health, emotional. And that balanced life means that quality of life is higher. And when you're operating from that place, you're going to have a better outlook. You will feel more efficient and more conscious in your everyday activities. But remember, finding balance 
is an ongoing journey. We're never going to get it. It's a spectrum. But incorporate these tips into your daily life gradually and adjust them to fit your unique circumstances. And then do me a favor and please post on social media or direct message me any ways that you are following these tips and they've helped you. Thank you for tuning in to Redefining Movement and let's all be the movement toward creating a more balanced and harmonious world by starting with ourselves. And do me a favor and please share this with friends and family. And if you would take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review, I'll be so grateful. And as always, I'm pulling for you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Redefining Movement. If you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to leave us a rating and review or share with someone you know. Check us out at www.litmethod.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.